0: Thank you for tuning in to Cop with Comic. I'm Brian Copp, and we're here with comic Luke Grelia. Luke Grelia, how the hell are
1: you? Oh my God, I am sweaty, but I'm here and I'm living.
0: Are you outside or are you are you lacking air I'm conditioners? Inside.
1: Okay. I'm inside.
0: And am, am I am inside. And am I saying your name correctly? Luke Grelia. Yes. Yes Go. you are. And so uh-huh. yeah, so you're you're inside but you're sweating because you're just working your ass off in comedy, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean moving the pen is very very taxing.
0: <laughs> it can be. Picking up the pen is the hardest part. It can weigh like uh-huh. a thousand a thousand pounds when you're progressing. it. Uh-huh.
1: yeah. And then yeah, you have click it. <laughs>
0: you got to get those pens that don't click, man. I don't know why you're still in there. That oh, that's even worse.
1: Top. Taking the cap off? I, mean, I need two hands for that? <laughs> Fuck out of here.
0: I love that. Well, across social, you're Growly Ass, which is fucking Correct. hilarious. And then you're also LukeGrowlyAss.com. And so yeah. usually you're stand-up, and even during the quarantine, you recently did Matt Marin's show, which I think is Comedy Fight NYC. Yes, and I won. Did you? So who were you up against? I did.
1: I, want, I was up against uh, Etan Levine, if you are familiar with him. Oh,
0: okay, and so are you, good like, at, are you just so good at these because you're a mean, a mean motherfucker and that's why you're growly ass?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, that was actually my first time doing, like, an official roast battle. Uh, uh, but, I mean, you know, I grew up in a very, um, like, loud, like, kind of roasty, very, like, uh, boisterous, like, brutally honest Italian family. So you kind of just always had to have a comeback at the ready. Wow. So it just, it's something that comes very naturally.
0: And is that the kind of stuff we can expect from the, from the Luke Gralia show? Like your stand-up, you know, when you're doing it online or you're doing it in parks or on rooftops, like you're just bringing the heat, like it's just one big endless roast of people in the audience? Or are you kind of diving into some of the nuance of that loud and boisterous family that you grew up with?
1: There's definitely uh, elements of that in there for sure. I would say it's less like of a roast of the audience and more of like society, I guess you could say, are my <laughs> issues with like certain uh, parts of society or things that are happening.
0: Yeah, what are some society. what were some of those what, what were some of those parts of society before the pandemic and are is that material uh-huh. going to be dated because of the pandemic? Like it's harder to get like pissed off could. at a, a segment of society if it's all dated, right? But if you're doing uh-huh. things that are personally, like if you know autobiographical stuff might not be dated by the pandemic, but if mm-hmm. you were observational before, what were you making fun of and how are you going to adapt that to post pandemic?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm lucky. I have been doing a lot of, uh, like, rooftop and backyard shows uh, over the last few months, like, month or two.
0: Uh,
1: So, yeah, I definitely feel that I'm, like, back in the groove, uh, so to speak. And, yeah, I've been going more autobiographical, to be totally honest. And I think, Uh, uh really, a lot of that kind of comes from, you know, just I, I can feel, like my own comfortability just with like being on a stage or not even a stage necessarily, you know, you could be just standing in front of a <laughs> fucking like, I don't know, <laughs> or something, yeah. uh, but you know, just being in front of a group of people and kind of bearing your soul. I remember like when I first started, I mean, just how terrifying even the idea of it was. I mean, I remember like I'd be like going to open mics sometimes and I would just like sit in the train station for like upwards of 15 minutes just being like do I really want to go to this or do I want to turn around (laughs) and go home? Do I really want to do this? Do I really want to do this? You know I mean it really like took a toll I guess on me but uh you know I've really just kind of gotten I wouldn't even say I've gotten because I think it's always it's always a work in progress you know but I'm definitely getting to a point where I'm a lot more comfortable kind of saying things that I otherwise would kind of think twice about or maybe would be like afraid to reveal to the, uh, the public because I realize, you know, people resonate the most with uh, the things you say that are like true and authentic to you yeah. that you feel are true and authentic. I actually even, I saw Comedy Central posted this video like a few months ago uh, and it was like pro comics giving just like advice about comedy and I forget who it was. But one of them said, uh, "You become good at stand-up. Or you like start doing stand-up correctly when you stop doing what you think the audience is going to find funny and start doing what you think you f- is funny. Wow. And you say it with so much confidence that they have to agree."
0: Yeah. And so, so what, what have you been revealing about yourself that has been funny to you?
1: Well, really, it's a. Uh... A lot of, and really, I've spent most of the quarantine uh, just because I've had so much time to think, and I've been collecting $1,000 a week for doing jack shit, Uh, (laughs) so, you know, I've really had time to, like, delve deep into my inner psyche, Uh, and I've really just kind of been coming to terms with, like, a lot of the good old gay shame, as they call it. Uh, You know, we're like, without getting too serious here, uh, I mean, for us, us queer folk, I mean, Like, you're kind of like conditioned from a very, very young age to believe that, like, there's something fundamentally wrong with you. You're fundamentally flawed. You aren't allowed to behave the way that you're naturally inclined to behave. And I'm not even talking like sexually. I'm talking like mannerisms. I'm talking like the tone of your voice, even like the things that you're talking about. You know, it's just you're constantly being told that's wrong. Don't do that. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. And it puts you to this point where you're just literally constantly in your head analyzing every single move that you make. And even when you like, you know, maybe come out and like, think you've come to terms with it. You really kind of haven't because we still, you still are surrounded by all of these kind of forces that are telling you, you can't be like this. You shouldn't be like this. And I know definitely when I uh, was doing standard, I wouldn't even say when I first started, I'd say even like before the uh, the quarantine, uh, like, You know, I would very often kind of, and I have a lot of, like, jokes about, like, my sexuality and stuff, but I still, I'd feel, like, very uncomfortable telling them I would kind of try to come off, like, as, like, you know, like, I guess, like, masculine to the crowd as I could. Like, I think I would maybe even deepen my voice, depending on the audience.
0: Uh, Yeah. And did yeah, that work less well? Were, were you finding that that um, wasn't working? Because yeah, yeah I ju- I ju- Julia Jeffries on it. She was talking about like, you know, discussing black and queerness on stage. Like she almost thought that. I mean, she almost realized that she had to give the the crowd permission to laugh because if you get up there and you're kind of iffy about your material, they they don't know whether or not they should laugh. And so getting more confidence right. on stage is the thing that gives the the crowd permission to laugh. It's like okay, well she's not. She wants us to laugh at this. It's something funny about her life. It's not like, you know, us laughing is not making fun of her queerness.
1: Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly that. And so if you kind of have to have uh, the comfort with it. Um, and yeah, I mean, audiences can sense uh, if you're, if you have the
0: confidence or if you don't, you know. And, and I guess what you said about like, you know, you know, you're doing things wrong, et cetera. Like that's always going to be the case. Like even if society goes in the right direction and keeps getting more rep- progressive, even if you get, you know, parents were like, oh, it's fine that you're gay, blah, 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 whatever. Like, if everybody in your class is growing up, act a certain way, they talk a certain way, they dress a certain way, they talk about the same things as you said, they, they talk about the girls or whatever, you know, like, y- it's always going to be like that, right? Like, even if society, as society gets better, a gay person's experience is going to be fairly similar, even if the parents are totally accepted.
1: For sure. I mean, yeah, even just with regard to, like, Uh, I mean, my experience, like, within comedy, like, it's, I mean, you know, it's, like, stand-up comedy is all just, like, sad straight dudes, like, so that's what I'm surrounded by all the time, uh, (laughs) you know, and at some, uh, how do I want to say this, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, even though, like, society has definitely moved forward, even, like, really a lot in a short amount of time, like, from the time that I was, like, in high school, which wasn't that long ago, we're talking, like, six, seven years ago, to now, I mean, you know, things are, like, a lot, a lot more progressive than they were then. But, uh, yeah, I mean, even still my experience with uh, stand-up I've found has been, like, invalidating um, more often than not, simply because it's, like, I still feel like, oh, I'm this fish out of water. I need, you know, people can't relate to this. And especially when you're starting out, I kind of think, and you just want to, like, you know, feel like you belong, but your experience doesn't quite mesh with uh, the life experience of everybody else in the room. You know, it is it's harder to want to open up because you're like, oh, well, what's the point of opening up? Because nobody can relate to me anyway.
0: But I think at that point, like, of course, this doesn't make you feel any better and less like a fish out of water. But when it comes to like, you know, performing for other comedians, like I would think they give a shit about originality. You know it's like at that point, mm-hmm. it's not really relating. Definitely. It's like, dude, we've heard the the straight white guy jokes Definitely. four thousand times. It's almost right. hacky at this point. I just want right. to be interested enough to listen to this guy's jokes. And if he's gonna open right. up, fuck, yeah. so I mean, I mean the crowd, you know if you actually have a real crowd, I imagine it's, you know, can I relate? But they also, mm-hmm. you know they they also are, you know, keep them interested enough to keep listening. Because then they'll they'll laugh, you know. They'll catch your next laugh line. They'll catch your next joke. If they're tuning out because it's an unoriginal white, you know, straight white guy experience, you know, they're Mm -hmm. not going to catch the laugh even if it's funny. So, but but I I guess you know that's not really the default feeling that you have when you're fish out of water. Of course, (laughs) doesn't make any feel any better. But you know, some of these comedians probably love hearing anything new. You know,
1: for sure, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, it was even like the thing, too, that kind of intimidated me for a while, because, you know, when you like first first start out, especially like nobody's putting you on any shows. You're literally only performing for other comedians for at least like your first three months, probably yeah. like three to six, you yeah. know. And so like one thing that really like. uh struck me, I guess, was like there'd be people who had been doing comedy, like, maybe as long as I had to, maybe even, like, a little bit longer, like, were my age, uh, but just had so, they just seemed, like, so much more sure of themselves on stage, and, you know, they could have, like, I've always kind of felt like I'm more of, much more of a writer than a performer. I like to think I'm a very clever writer, but, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it doesn't always come across for me on stage, and I'd see some people... Who like you know very like easy dumb jokes like things that like I don't even think I would come up with because in my head it would be too simple.
0: Uh, they were saying it with so much confidence though and so is that just a person who's confident yeah are they more of a yeah they're more of a performer less of a writer or they're only so confident because they're talking out of their ass like some of these people like i would, i would almost get to the point like you know i've only done several open mics you know one in chicago that had a real audience several in new york city that was just other comedians and i found Mm. that just awful to contemplate an existence of all all that shit yeah i couldn't even believe i was like seriously i'm gonna have to do this shit but Uh improv would make it more interesting to me like if i was just improvising my set so if some of these comedians came off as confident and their material sucked i wonder if they were mm-hmm. just getting up there and kind of you know shooting the shit from you know pulling out of their ass you know but have you talked with any of these people since like has any of these seemingly confident people ever been like no i'm nervous up there too and i just hide it better because that's what i'm good at the performance angle rather than the writing
1: for sure i mean i don't think that it's that per se i mean uh you know i have this conversation a lot with people because it's just always something that kind of fascinates me is that like i think that ultimately like how good you are at stand up or how good you are being in front of an audience like that and like being vulnerable is a a direct correlation to how well you know yourself yeah. and just like how comfortable you are in your skin and i think you know it's very hard to be like i'm 24 it's very hard to like know yourself when you're that young. You know, I didn't know how to <laughs> wipe my ass until like 4 months ago.
0: Uh,
1: Seriously. I was I was wiping standing up. I thought everybody was.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, how are they, how are they supposed to do it while they're sitting down or something? Yeah. I still um, don't what, know do you how like, like standing up yeah. too. Well, no, nobody gave me the talk, man. Like I don't even go to the bathroom unless I can shower afterwards. Like I walk oh, like yeah. I, yeah I wipe like a normal person, but I'm like, that's fucking nowhere near enough. And so I actually time my showers such that they're after going to the bathroom and I still have yet to have anybody like satisfactorily I- explain to me how people, you know, you could, I could wipe for half an hour. You know, uh-huh. using paper towel, you know, wet paper towels and paper yeah. towel, and the, hat, the whole roll of paper towel and, and, and think how is somebody comfortable enough to walk around like this for the rest of the day? That's fucking disgusting. Mm-hmm. Cause they just mm-hmm. don't know how clean you can be after a shower. It's like, right. if, if you can tell me that you get that clean. After a shower, as you do after you wipe yourself, then, yeah, you don't need to take a shower. But otherwise, you do. So shut the fuck up. And so, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, like, but that's so funny that you didn't know yourself till recently. And, like, you know, if you can reveal it kind of how, you know, how recently did you come out? Because I would think if you didn't come out until a couple years ago, how the fuck do you, you know, 24, right. but only yeah. being out for a couple years or something, like, it must be impossible to know yourself and all that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, seven years ago, really. Like, I was, like, I, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it was like it's a gradual process. Uh, at least it was for me. Uh, so like when I was like a senior in high school, probably, like maybe even a junior in high school, like that was when I told like friends and stuff, and like kind of sort of started like living my life as like an out person. But again, like you're 17. I lived in a suburb. There's only so much that you can really do, you know. <laughs> and then uh, well, I came to New York a year later uh, when I was 18. But I was still very much like I think like a little afraid and a little ashamed for who's like just coming out and starting to figure things out. Like I came I was in college when I came here and like there was a group of um people that like everybody called them the power gates because it was like I mean they all had like perfectly like shaved bodies like perfectly threaded eyebrows (laughs) modeling portfolios on their instagrams Uh, and i mean everybody shat bricks when they walked into the room and i was like well i don't (laughs) feel comfortable around these people either like i am more intimidated by these people than i are from the fucking douchebags in my hometown yeah you know so it just kind of felt like this double alienation almost where i was just like all right well i don't fit in here and i don't fit in here am i just unlovable
0: what's going on (laughs) you
1: know and I mean, yeah, it's something that it just takes a long time to, like, come to terms with, I think. And, you know, really, like, honestly, I'd say during the quarantine, I've just really, it's something I've really, really been thinking about a lot because it's something that, like, was bothering me that I didn't realize was bothering me, you know? It was, like, buried so deep, deep, deep down that, like, I didn't even know it was there.
0: That you haven't found your people yet?
1: Uh, I mean, that partly, but more so just like having all this like internalized shame that's like really holding me back
0: ah so some people go to thera- therapy for that is that uh is, oh, that, I've been in therapy is that in the cards like 10 years I've been oh, okay therapy
1: for like 10 years yeah good but, well that um, that
0: helped that helps but also yeah. like being a comedian it's like i, I think there's a, you know various other great comedians in the lgbtqia community and so you're probably able to find them after long enough in comedy right it probably took a yeah. while. You know, to get through that. I mean, ha- and ha- that's another movie.
1: thing, too. I think maybe partly it's because of the shame aspect, but I always kind of, like, shied away from, like, those shows and, like, those mics, mainly because, like, I don't know, I feel at least, like, in this current, uh, like, atmosphere, I don't know, I find them less funny most of the time, to be totally yeah. honest. Uh, not even, I'd say, though, it's mainly because it's, like, You know, at least the mics that I went to, it's all just, like, these, like, annoying white girls who, like, it's maybe their first time doing comedy, or they do it, like, once a month or something, and they just (laughs) go up and say, Today, I almost punched a white guy in the face, and the whole room applauds. And I'm like, that's not a joke. (laughs) You know? Like, it's ridiculous. And then I went up with actual material, and just got, I could hear people, I could feel the anger coming towards me. From these fucking people. So it's just, yeah, I, again, it's like kind of the double alienation thing. It's like, I don't, I feel more comfortable in like the, I don't want to say regular rooms, but, uh, you know, the, uh, the standard kind of like not, you know, mixed comedy audience room, not a specific geared towards a specific demographic.
0: Yeah. Cause there it's just joke writing. It's just, Although like actually writing. no,
1: that's not true. I will say I feel most comfortable, honestly, in black rooms. <laughs>
0: Why do you feel most comfortable in black rooms?
1: Because they want to hear your most fucked up shit. Uh you don't have to worry about being PC. You don't have to worry about towing a line. You don't have to worry about who you're offending. Like, just don't say the N word and you're good. (laughs) But they want to hear actual jokes. And if they think something is funny, they will laugh their fucking asses off. And if they think you suck, they'll jingle their keys at you. You Uh know, you get a very honest, um, you get very honest feedback. And if it's good, it's
0: real good. And if it's
1: bad, it's real bad.
0: And so, like, I think are, you finding, are you finding enough of those rooms?
1: <laughs> yeah, honestly, uh, during the, uh, the quarantine, I mean, of my, like, group of, like, comedy friends, it's, like, 70%, 80% black guys. So I pretty much perform for black rooms on an almost daily basis. Uh, and I do, I find it very helpful because of that.
0: <laughs> but then, I mean, you know, I suppose, you know, there's probably no danger in that, though at all like if they just want to hear your most fucked up shit i would think that most audiences generally would be fine with your most fucked up shit polished to a shine you know as long as it's polished even a, whole room, like, a, a, a whole room a whole room of white it. yeah you unless can't you know polish it unless you you know
1: work it out yeah you know
0: Yeah. Well, that's fucking cool. And so, you know, are you talking, is there any, has there been, has there been any stories in your coming out process, you said as a slow process, that you're talking about on stage? Like, was there anything particularly funny about it? Like, you you moved to the city really recently, so I'm hesitant to, uh, to ask you whether or not there was any uh, parental uh, blowback on that. But just, you know, is this the kind of stuff you're talking about? Like, what are the, what's the, I guess that wouldn't be totally fucked up for a black room but like what, what are some of the fucked up things that are getting some good response in the black rooms
1: uh there was one time i was doing this uh show in a black room and the like host up top she did an hour literally an hour up top uh so you know everybody's <laughs> tired, <laughs> the host. everybody's exhausted everybody <laughs> wants her to shut the fuck up yeah. and she was like talking to this like older couple at the bar uh about like their sex life and she's like how often do you suck his dick and she's like i don't suck dick <laughs> and that was like a whole thing about how like she doesn't suck dick and they've been married for 25 years and the host was like oh well, then he gets his dick sucked somewhere else believe me Ooh. blah 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 <laughs> so then i went up my friend actually recorded it and sent it to me so i have this like forever in my possession <laughs> uh they play like you know they play music when you're going up and i did this like really like cringy white boy dance for like a solid 30 seconds they just let me go until I was ah, like alright yeah. that's it that's enough uh, and then like right off the bat I'm like to the couple I said to the lady I'm like so like how do you go 25 years without sucking dick and she goes you don't have to suck dick to have a good time. And I said, Well, why didn't anybody tell me that? And it got a ah, huge reaction.
0: Yes, yes. Fucking yeah. Luke Grelia really bringing the, the dead room back, right? Uh
1: huh, yeah. I'm like, uh-huh. I've got tendonitis in my knees. What the fuck? <laughs> but, um, yes. yeah. I mean, that it, works for all audiences. I love it. And Yeah, yeah. And even like a lot of like my. Friends would kind of spook me, even like before I would do my like That because they'd be like, "Oh, be careful, because there's a lot of phobia in this room. Like your material's not going to land. They're going to hate you." Blah 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 blah. But it's like, even if they do, who gives a fuck? Because a re- honestly, a reaction is better than no reaction.
0: Yes, Truly. and the, and the host had, had killed the room, so any energy is good energy for Luke. Right, Grint,
1: right. But- like I would rather have gas than silence.
0: Dude, I fucking you know. love I love that. And that is totally consistent with your persona online because I follow you across social platforms. You're Grat and mm. you're also LukeGralia.com. So Luke Gralia, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Yeah, thank you.